It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Washington Commanders achieved their goal of going 1-0 in Week 9, but it did it go down the way they planned. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of your daily podcast covering or part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders insider program where you get news, inside scoops, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone plus one-on-one conversations with me via text and bonus content uh, coming up as early as uh, tonight. I am always excited to add new insiders to the clubs. Join Locked On Commanders Insiders now. Be in the know all the time. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders to sign up. I'm David Harrison, your host here on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday along with our everydayers and as always, I greatly appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when you win any $5 money line bets. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So if you signed up for FanDuel and you made a $5 money line bet on the commanders to beat the Patriots, congratulations on your $6.30 victory, I think it was. Uh, but also congratulations on your $150 free to play with on FanDuel. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, I sat down with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers to discuss, of course, the Chase Young trade. I'll tell you who I want or what I want to sustain and what I want to see improved upon for Washington from their Week 9 win over the New England Patriots as we start to turn the page towards Week 10 against the Seattle Seahawks. But first, before we can talk about what we liked and disliked, we have to talk about what was supposed to happen and the way we tried to dictate or determine what was supposed to happen is by using the plays that these teams script for their first 15 plays of the game. Typically, again, the, the script, the first 15 plays are the plays the quarterback is most comfortable or most effective running. Sometimes they're not the same thing. And the things that the offensive coordinator feels like or decides that they think they can get uh, executed properly against the opponent they're about to face and get the game started uh, on the right beat. I always hear about teams talking about starting fast, and that's how teams want to do it is in those first 15 plays. So starting with the Washington Commanders offense, quarterback Sam Howell, offensive coordinator, assistant head coach Eric Bieniemy. What was supposed to happen? So here is what the Washington Commanders scripted in their first 15 plays. They used 11 personnel with 11 alignment, and this is a little bit of a new wrinkle I'm going to add to these episodes because I think it's important to also understand not only identify the personnel groupings, but also understand the alignments, right? So 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, but 11 alignment also means that that one running back was in 
a running back position that uh, that tight end was actually lined up in line as a tight end if i say 11 personnel 10 alignment that means that the tight end was split off from the formation almost like a receiver if that makes sense so that's how we're going to kind of break these down get a little bit more detailed in the information to get a little bit deeper into the nooks and crannies to be quite honest, that's that's still just skimming the surface surface of personnel packages, alignments, and all that stuff. We could go, you know, tight end in line to the left, tight end in line to the right, running back split off to the left, split off to the right, eye formations, uh, pistol formations, all that craziness. But we're trying to contain this within the episode, so that's how we're going to go for it. Uh, 11 personnel, 11 alignments, seven times, obviously dominant over the first 15 plays. 12 personnel, 12 alignments. So, again, both tight ends were lined up in traditional tight end uh, formation roles. Twice where they ran that. That's only nine plays. So that tells you that there's six other personnel groupings and alignments that the commanders use in the first 15 plays against the New England Patriots. They use 12 personnel with 11 alignment once. So you got two tight ends in the formation, but only one of them is lined up in line as a tight end. The other tight end lined up as a split out uh, wide receiver. 11 personnel, 10 alignment. So again, one running back, one tight end, but that tight end split away from the formation, not in line as a traditional tight end. They did that once 21 personnel, 21 alignment one time, 13 personnel, 13 alignment once, 20 personnel, 20 alignment once, and they actually went empty with 11 personnel. So they had a running back and a tight end all split off from the formation, nobody in the backfield one time. That is a pretty significant shift in offensive personnel packages in the first 15. We're used to seeing a lot of 11, but over the last few weeks, we've seen, seen an increase in 12 seen an increase in 13 and this here and this is why i wanted to get into the personnel package alignments because you see here we have 11 personnel eight times total but one of those times they lined up almost in a 10 personnel look we have 12 personnel a total of three times but we get two different alignment looks on it uh we had 20 personnel or 21 personnel two back sets twice and again different alignments uh from the washington commander so things are definitely getting a little bit varied out of eric bn me and sam how as we get deeper into the season they passed the ball 10 times out of the first 15 in those passes short reads were the first read four times uh sam Howell completed all four of those passes intermediate reads were twice uh two times were the were the first read for sam Howell. he completed one of those passes and he had deep reads as his first read coming out of the snap four times three of those uh were completed for uh for gains not all of those passes were thrown and completed to the first reads right so just because deep reads were the first read four times doesn't mean that Sam Howell threw the deep read the first time or on that pass necessarily all four of those times. It just means that of the four times Sam Howell had a first read, a deep read, uh, he completed three passes eventually. I know at least once or twice he actually checked it down. We got a live comment from Mike talking about uh, really liking Alex Arma um, being being used as a fullback. He's also used as a tight end uh, here in the first 15 plays specifically, but also throughout the game. Uh, yeah, that's something that a lot of people were calling for during training camp and preseason. I'm, I've enjoyed seeing it as well we got another comment here someone really likes pizza uh, i'm with you i like pizza as well and the new england patriots gave us pizza after the game so it was a good victory meal uh that we had there at gillette stadium so what you see here though in this first 15 plays right is a pattern of trying to hit underneath routes against deep zones and also trying to strike deep against man coverage or against zone coverage with layered availability so where you have defenders at different levels sam Howell using his arm using his ability to get the ball over certain layers of defense and in front of other layers of defense. All of this combines a clear sign to me that Eric Bieniemy's trust in Sam Howell that he's going to make the right read, and the fact that they were so successful. It's all a sign that all of this stuff is really starting to come together for this duo. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect moving forward by any means, but it does mean that there is growth between the two, between the unit and the offense and the quarterback uh, Sam Howell. It's a sign, especially that the pre-snap and in-game reads are also 
getting smoother. The Washington Canaries also ran the ball five times, so passed it ten times, ran it five times. Uh, at one time each, they went to the right side A gap, right side B gap, left side B gap. They ran an option keeper, which did not go well. Uh, and they ran wide left uh, one time as well. So those were five right uh, five runs. What that tells me is the Washington Canaries didn't come in saying, boom, this is the gap we want to exploit all day long. They came in looking to probe. They wanted to test the Patriots' defensive line, test their own offensive line, see where their strength was against their defensive line, all of those things, test the Patriots' line discipline, gap discipline, all of those things see where the best run availabilities were going to be. What happened with these with these 15 plays? They ran eight successful pass plays. So again, successful plays, uh, 30% of the yardage on first down, 60% of yardage on second down, 100% of yardage on third down. And of course, if you run a fourth down play, 100% of yardage on fourth down. Those are what you need to gain in order to be considered successful. Eight passes, eight of the 10 passes were successful. Three of the five runs were successful. That's 11 of the 15 plays that the Washington Commanders scripted that were successful, that's 73%. That is a very good number for your scripted plays. By the end of the first 15 plays, the Washington Commanders had a 3-0 lead over the New England Patriots. Uh, the, the 11 personnel, 11 alignment was 5 for 7 successful plays, a 71% uh, successful rate out of the most popular formation uh, that they used. For the game, they ended up running, the Commanders offense ended up running 11 personnel, 53 of 79 plays. That's 67% of the time. They ran 12 personnel 13 times at 16% of the time. Both of those are actually lower than the season averages coming into the game, which means, again, diversifying personnel packages, diversifying alignments, showing the bond and the, and the growth between Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell and the trust in Sam Howell to execute a wider array of personnel packages in place. First four plays of the game completely presented different personnel groupings and alignments in every single one. That is a huge advantage to have against the defense it keeps the defense guessing early on especially against the defensive mind like bill belichick first three pass plays had different level reads uh and honestly there is a there is a pass play in this game that was a master class in sam Howell's progression and development in pre-snap and i wish i could show it to you this is one of those moments where i wish we could just break the licensing rules the nfl has and i could show that to you uh, unfortunately i can't hear but if you want to go back and watch the third play of the game Take a look at the pre-snap reads. Take a look at where Sam Howell goes right after the snap, where he ends up throwing the ball. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. On the defensive side, the commanders brought a four-man rush 12 of the first 15 times, five-man rush with David Mayo blitzing twice, a six-man rush with David Mayo and Jamin Davis blitzing once, and they brought more than four rushers 42% of the time against the New England Patriots. In total, that's up for 27 from 27% leading into this game. Jack Del Rio getting much more aggressive without Chase Young and Montez Sweat on the field. Of course, in the first 15 plays, no sacks, two hurries, one quarterback hit. Mac Jones was 5 for 11, 45% for 42 yards, 2 for 4 on third downs, 0 for 1 on fourth down, and the Washington Commanders had a 10-0 lead by the time the Patriots got through their script. Very successful first 15 plays on both sides of the ball in Week 9. Helped get off to a strong start, eventually helped get them the victory we want to sustain those pre-snap reads from Sam Howell, but we also want to sustain something else that doesn't involve Sam Howell. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're doing that thanks to our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you're going to pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. 
With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the special leagues tab, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. I play three prize picks contests every week. I play one for Thursday night football and one for the commanders game and one for the Buccaneers game this weekend. I lost my commanders game. It's okay though. The Buccaneers came through for me a little bit. Baker Mayfield hit more than 253 and a half total yards of offense. Mike Evans got me more than 55.5 yards receiving and Texans quarterback CJ Stroud got more than 7.5 rushing yards. He got a lot more than that against the Bucs defense to tell you what, but he definitely got that for me. I turned $5 into $25 just like that. And I'm looking to do it again. This weekend, when the commanders travel to play the Seattle Seahawks, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, this promo code locked on NFL at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, your first view today and every day. Football season is in full swing, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday. Locked On NFL Kickoff Live is going live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Your three hosts are going to break down every game, getting you ready for the matchups, the fantasy lineups, and your betting angles. Plus, get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Locked on NFL kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked on NFL YouTube channel. Time for a sustain and improvement segment of our after action review episode here on Locked on Commanders. And we start with our improve. I want to improve or sustain rather. I want to sustain the improved edge containments from the Washington Commanders defensive line. Of course, the big concern coming into this contest was going to be what was going to happen without Montez Sweat, without Chase Young. Yes, we've heard all the reports, the stories, some of the underhanded comments, the, the unspecific comments from coaches about guys playing off script and not necessarily doing their job 100% of the time. But the, but the, the talent between those two was always evident, right? So what was going to happen with James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill in there as starters, Andre Jones Jr., K.J. Henry in there as rotational pieces? Well, according to Pro Football Focus, you had 10 total pressures against the New England Patriots. One quarterback hits that went to James Smith-Williams. I actually charted two in the game. I gave one to Casey Tuhill, but PFF, you know, they've got their model. I've got mine. Uh, different eyes see things different ways. Either way, two quarterback hits, one quarterback hit, not a lot of quarterback hits, right? Nine hurries total but when i came away from the game what i noticed is while the pressures weren't necessarily super high while the hits weren't necessarily super high and obviously no sacks so the sacks weren't super high the edge containment was incredibly impressive and it was improved compared to some other games that we've seen so that's what i'm going to talk about here but i do want to i do want to make sure that something is clear here this is mac jones the new england patriots right so i'm going to drop some stats here mac jones is not exactly a statue back there but he's not Jalen Hurts he's he's not you know Patrick Mahomes or anything like that so I don't want to get too too crazy with this but in a small sample size one game only I came away happy with what we saw from this duo now this weekend against Geno Smith 
it's a little bit of a different story. It's going to be a harder competition, a harder situation for them to contain. So we'll see how they do, and we'll continue to stack our evaluation as we go through here. This game, though, Week 9, was only the fifth time that Mac Jones has been held to less than 10 yards rushing this season. Again, not a high bar, but 10 yards is a whole other first down. And another first down, an additional first down on any given drive can lead to points. It can lead to a swing in momentum. It can lead to a lot of things, right? So those things can be deadly. So you certainly don't want to allow those things to happen against any NFL quarterback. So even for a non-mobile quarterback like Jones, he is willing to run when given the chance. This is just the fourth time this season that Jones has been held to one yard or less per run on average in a single game. And again, not a high bar to clear, but again, it's only happened three other times. Jones had 20 has 23 carries registered this season. Eight of those carries are sneaks, according to PFF. Four of those are kneel downs. That only leaves us with 11 total runs after those, after you exclude those things, right? Of those 11 carries, Sports Info Solutions tells us that eight of those carries are to the left or right edges of the defense. So that's 73% of his actual runs are targeted to the edge of de- edges of defense, uh, and those are non-kneel downs, non-sneaks, again, uh, going to the left or the right side. On those runs, Mac Jones this season coming into this game, averaging 6.1 yards per carry when trying to hit defensive edges as a scrambler. This week, he got two scrambles the entire game. Both of those went to the left and right edges. I think both of them actually went to the right edge, and he gained a total of five yards. That's nearly four yards per carry less than his season average. So that's solid against any quarterback in the National Football League. Not perfect. He still had gains, two scrambles, five yards. He hit the right edge on both of those. But when you consider that Geno Smith's average is 5.8 yards per carry, he's actually averaging less per carry on scrambles uh, to the edge than Mac Jones is. Um, It's going to be very important for this Washington Commanders defense to be able to contain the edge, set the edge, keep the quarterback in the pocket, just like they did week nine against the New England Patriots. So, of course, we'd love to see improvements in the sacks, even one, or give K.J. Henry back his sack that he shouldn't have had taken away from him in the first place. We'd love to see an improvement in quarterback hits, all that stuff. But maintaining the edge has to be the first priority. Then you have to go after the sacks. Uh, That edge discipline is key, and I think that's really kind of where you're going to see the handoff with this trade going down. You're going to see a little bit less explosiveness from the defensive line. You're going to see fewer sacks. You're going to see fewer quarterback hits, but you're going to see a better disciplined pocket. You're going to force quarterbacks to make throws off platform and uncomfortable, and that could lead to some good things for the secondary, hopefully. What do we want to improve? Pass catching. We really haven't gotten too deep into this this season, guys, but it's time to have this conversation. Uh, Washington receivers this season, according to Sports Info Solutions, have dropped 16 passes. Uh, this year now if you give those 16 passes so again these are catchable passes that sports info solution says a receiver should have caught had the chance to catch was an accurate ball and they dropped it bottom line if you raise if you give sam Howell those 16 passes back and make them make them completions that raises his completion percentage from 66.1 percent to 70 percent that's not a small jump in completion percentage it also raises his passing yards from 2471 to 2639 now don't get me wrong 2,471 is already good, but it makes how the NFL's leading uh, leading passer over to a tongue by low by 30 yards. That's the difference in these drops. And if that's based on Sam Howell's current uh, yards per completion average, again, I didn't go back through all the drops and say and tally it all up, but that's based on the averages, right? The biggest culprit here, of course, of the season has been second year receiver Jahan Dotson, which I think he's still a fan favorite. I think a lot of guys still see the potential in him. I certainly do. So this isn't my attempt to throw shade on Jahan, but he's got five drops this season so far. He had four all of last season. All of the Washington receivers combined for 20, uh, 22 drops in 2022. They're on pace to have 30 this season 
alone. That is not how you support a young quarterback, especially when your defense is struggling on their end as well. Jahan Dotson, again, he's the biggest culprit. He certainly had a good couple of weeks uh, statistically, but those drops are brutal. And if you do that against playoff caliber teams like the Seattle Seahawks, those drops could lead to losses. We need to see those things get cleaned up heading into week 10 into Seattle. The final word I plan to have on Chase Young here on a regular scheduled episode of this program coming up next as I sat down with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers to discuss that. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And we're doing that thanks to our friends over at FanDuel. Get winning this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bets. That's $150 if your team wins. The Commanders are opening this week as six-point underdogs against the Seattle Seahawks on the road this weekend. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including those money line bets we just talked about. But you also got spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I love building parlays. I don't win more of them than I than I, I lose more of them than I win, um, but I still love building my own parlays. It's a super fun part of the FanDuel experience. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get winning this NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed so switch to TurboTax today make your moves they'll make them count see guaranteed details at turbotax.com slash guarantees experts only available with TurboTax live a little impromptu crossover segment here on locked on 49ers locked on commanders brian peacock of locked on 49ers with david harrison of locked on commanders and just found out chase young's gonna be wearing jersey number 92 so okay. uh, appreciate you jumping on with me today david harrison to talk about chase young and what he meant to the commanders how he ended up a san francisco 49er just big picture really quick david from the commander's perspective obviously new ownership a lot could potentially be changing I was kind of shocked seeing Sweat and Young get traded. Was it the same mm-hmm. for for you folks around the Commanders? Because uh, it, it sounds like something that could be a long term rebuild happening in Washington. Yeah, I think I think most people around here uh, we expected one of the guys to probably be, be traded. You know, as the conversations and the rumors you know continue to build. I mean, talking to the two guys in the locker rooms, you know, leading up to the Philadelphia game, and then especially after the Philadelphia game. I mean, Chase. Uh, I think Chase was a little bit more kind of in control of his emotions. You know, he sees he's been through some things here in D.C., so he's kind of used to having to answer tough questions and a little bit of dramatics behind uh, what we're talking to him about. But, you know, Montez, you can see that he was, you know, he was emotional. You know what I mean? Uh, Following the loss of the Eagles, he was the last player off the field. uh, And that's never, you know, that's never something that you you see in Montez. Um, And then just talking to him after the game, you know, it, it was 
he was still answering the questions as a, as a what if, but there were there was more of a when it happens tone uh, to things. I think most people expected Montez Sweat to be the one traded. Uh, to be quite honest with you, because he was going to fetch more uh, in compensation, so you would still have one defensive end in Chase Young, who you know obviously has the really high ceiling and the athletic you know tools to be to be a great pass rusher in the league. But then you would also get the better draft compensation by moving Montez Sweat and essentially the decision that everyone was dreading in the offseason of which one do you sign, which one do you not sign? Because the assumption is that you're not going to be able to pay both of those guys, you know, around or or north of $20 million that they're going to want um, would basically be made for you. And either Chase Young would get re-signed, franchise tagged or, you know, worst case scenario, he would he would not pan out and they would let him walk in and wait for a compensatory pick in 2025. But the team decided to move uh, both of them, you know, and, and and there's there's some 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 reasons that you might think that they did move both of them and some reasons why people might disagree with with moving both of them. But at the end of the day, uh, both men are, are moving on. And, yeah, the Washington Commanders are, are shifting the way that they're building their roster. I don't think it's a full rebuild. I think I would call it more of a of a, of a refocusing, I, I would I would think, of, of how they're going to dedicate their resources moving forward. Okay, went with a different re. Uh, I thought you were going to say retooled, refocusing. I like that. Yeah. That's you should be on the PR team for for Washington yeah. fans. Are like, what the hell are you guys doing right now, trading these players? Um, so, and Montez Sweat, as recent as uh, you know, since then, resigned with the uh, with the uh, with the Chicago Bears, and, and nice contract for Montez Sweat. And Montez Sweat's a good player. Um, you know, the ceiling might not be as high as someone like Chase Young, as you mentioned, and you know, he's mm-hmm. been a good pass rusher, really good against the run, sort of a complete player. My question would be, how is Montez Sweat so much more valuable to the commanders or other teams, obviously around the league to have a a high second round pick valuation or a very late comp pick third round valuation in trade for a guy who not that long ago was the number two pick in the NFL draft. So how is, how is that value so different between those two players and what went wrong with Chase Young that he's not worth more than a late third round pick for another team in the fourth year of his rookie contract? Yeah, you know, I think I think number one uh, consistency is going to be the reason behind that. You know, uh, obviously health is is a concern. Chase uh, when he when he when he when he injured his knee uh, in 2021 and ended up taking him more than a year. Uh, it's come back and, and and lost in the mix of that. A lot of those conversations is the fact that he actually had two knee surgeries um, when they when they repaired the injured knee. You know, they hear they heard against the Buccaneers. There was also damage in the other knee that they went ahead and uh, and they did some grafting and they did some repairing and and did a whole bunch of stuff. So he wasn't just rehabbing one knee surgery. He was rehabbing two. And I mean, when you think about it, when you're when you're rehabbing two knee surgeries, there is a longer period of time where you're doing nothing because you don't have a strong leg to lean on to start rehabbing the injured leg. You now have two injured legs. There's, there's no, you know, there's no third leg uh, to, to use to, to, to be able to rehab those two injuries. So I think that contributed to it. You know, there were obviously reports of, of setbacks and stuff while he was training with Von Miller that nobody here was able, ever able to corroborate. So it still lives in the land of rumor. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he came back for a little bit at the end of 2022, but really coming into the season, Chase looked the, the physically he looked better than I've ever seen him. Uh, in the National Football League. And that was really exciting. And he seemed like his spirits were up. But, you know, regardless of that ceiling and, and all that stuff, Montez Sweat, he's, he's had a few, you know, dings and, and dents here and there. He missed some time with COVID. He had, he had a family loss, unfortunately, that cost him some time uh, a couple of years ago. But for the most part, he's been the much more available player. And, and Brian, you know, as, as well as anybody that, you know, you have the greatest talent in the world on your roster. But if they're not on the field, it doesn't really do you a, a whole lot of good. So I think that's that's honestly, I think that's reason number one 
why they were able to get more for Montez. Because when you when you look at him, you're the Chicago Bears. You kind of know what you're getting. Now, at the same time, you also know what you're getting. Like you said, I think Tez is kind of more so more than less, more more so than, than not. I think he's kind of reached his ceiling. I think we we kind of just know who Montez Sweat is is going to be, and that's not bad. But with Chase Young, you still see the potential for for growth there. And and you know, if San Francisco can tap into what remaining growth he has this season, you know, I don't know what their plans are long term. That's something I'm interested to hear from from you. But if if even just for this season, if they can tap into more of that potential than than Washington was able to, then they've got themselves a, a pretty good pass rusher. All right, guys, that's about half of what Brian and I talked about. Can't fit it all into this episode. I will drop the full 15-minute or so conversation on Saturday. So if you're interested in hearing the whole thing, come back Saturday. You'll be able to catch that out. Insiders, you're going to get that Tuesday night. So be on the lookout for that as you get early access to that full conversation. Coming up on tomorrow's episode's mailbag time. So if you got questions, leave them in the live chat. Leave them in the chat if you're not watching live, and that's perfectly fine. Hit me up on Twitter or text them to me directly as a Locked On Commanders Insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders as always thank you so much for making me and locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day and every day thank you so much for coming through on a regular basis like you do thank you so much for making me a part of your football routine until we speak again please be safe be kind and i'll see you next time for another episode of locked on commanders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.